Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rudy Giuliani. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show, and thank you for uh, listening in. As um, I... Uh, <laughs> I'm amazed at what's going on in my political party in Wa- in Washington. Uh, it would seem it would seem to me, uh, with a group of people who you know spend a lot of time together and been together for a long time, you should kind of work this out in advance. And frankly, the ideological differences between them are nothing compared to um, the disaster they could cause if they screw it up. Uh, <clears throat> I sit back and I, I look at them and I say to myself, and I know many of these people and respect them greatly, but something happens when you're in that chamber. You forget how, the suffering that's going on in the rest of the country. You forget there are people, you know, that either are watching this or hearing about it that don't have any food, that don't have a job, that have lost their job, that are uh, worried that um, uh, they can't afford... Uh, food and other things with the cost of living going up under Biden record levels. Uh, there are those, you know, in states where he wants to do away with all every method of uh, of uh, energy production that we actually use and help help us. These people have known great job losses because of Democrats, and they are looking at more. And then there are those who concentrate on foreign policy, and we see in America that three years ago was, oh, you're never safe, but was relatively safe. Now we have an America that's being challenged by China. Uh, just just uh, uh, take a second and, and, uh, and read uh, Betsy McCoy uh, in, in the uh, post today about all the lying that's going on in China about the COVID that's there. It reminds you of all the cover-ups of the COVID in China by the Democrats in the past. It reminds you that we have a president of the United States that's owned by China. I'm telling you all this because these people should, damn it, get more uh, relevant. I mean, you should have this darn thing figured out. We need you. We need you to straighten this country out. We don't need you to fight over your egos or to fight over, I don't know, whether you're going to call something to the floor or not. You can figure that out when something's at stake. So I'm angry at all of them for not working this out. Um, I'm, I'm angry at McCarthy for not having worked this out in advance. He should have if he were an effective leader. I'm angry at the 20 or so holding out. I mean... The vast majority of the Republicans in the House of Representatives want McCarthy. A small minority, uh, 10% about, uh, don't want him. Okay, 
the 10% are entitled to be respected. The 10% are, have minority rights. We don't run all over minorities. But they don't get to dictate either. So uh, sit down and has McCarthy made reasonable concessions to them? It sounds like he has. In fact, I think he's made too many, for that matter. How about he's agreed that if five, is it five Republicans uh, want him gone, they can get a vote. I mean, we, we just became the English Parliament. I know he wants to be Speaker, but if we weren't down to the wire here, I'd almost say that's a strike against him as far as being a leader was concerned. I'd tell him, keep your Speakership, you want to do that. But in any event... I, I, it's, it, the next vote is probably he's going to go down to 200. And they're going to say, wow, he's going down. <laughs> Except 200 Republicans want him and 21 Republicans want somebody else. I don't know. We can't figure that out. These people are friends, right? Theoretically, right? We're all in the same pool. I'm friends with almost all of them, I think. A couple of them probably hate me. People just hate me for no reason, but, uh, but, but not that I know of. Um, I like Matt Gates, and I think the world of Jim Jordan. I've always liked McCarthy. I like uh, every single one of them. So right now, whatever it is that's your issue, I know it's not as important as the country. Whatever your issue is, I know it's not more important than the country. Or more important to than getting started so we don't lose moral suasion before we even get started, because we are very close to losing it. I mean, a, a, a fiasco like this can hurt you for a year. It takes a year to overcome something like this in the public mind when you look like a bunch of jackasses. So... I have a podcast called Common Sense, RudyGiulianiCS.com. And Ted, when we do our show at 8 o'clock, always says, what does the CS stand for? It stands for Common Sense. Here's Common Sense. There are 222, is it 222 Republicans in the House? Uh, right at this moment, 201 of them want one person and uh, 20 or 21 want somebody else. Unless that, that 20 or 21 has an issue of conscience here. I haven't heard it if they do. I can't even figure out the reasons. I can't figure out the reasons. I mean, what, he, was, he was close to uh, Ryan uh, eight years ago. A lot of people were close. I liked Ryan back then. I didn't realize what a traitor he was to the Republican Party. I thought he was a good choice for vice president. Boy, was I wrong. I knew Romney wasn't a good choice for president. wasn't much I do about it. So my advice to my friends who have the future of our country in their hands, this isn't a game they're playing there for CNN and MSNBC and Fox and Newsmax. This is about uh, whether we stop the train to communism and we begin the very difficult process of standing together shoulder to shoulder and turning it around. 
back into a country in which we don't mutilate children. Hmm? How about that? Huh? Turning it into a country in which we don't give up air bases 400 miles from China. How about that? Or turning into a country where we have a president that has the courage to bring up fentanyl with China. Or hasn't taken so much money from China that he can't. You, do you think we have some big issues? So cut it out. Work it out. There are 222 of you. If 200 of you one guy and 20 of you want make a few little concessions to the 20 and then go ahead and let's have a Congress and let's start passing legislation that sticks it to Biden and sticks it up his you know what. So we save our country. Not because I don't want to save the Republican Party. I don't give a damn if you change the name of the Republican Party. Call it the America Party. Call it the America First Party. You should change the Democrat Party since it's so associated with slavery. But get to work for the United States, not for yourself. Because it looks like you are working for yourselves right now. And I would say that more about the 20 than I would the 200. Although I'm not happy with them either. I just heard Greg Kelly talk about his book, which, boy, you got to get your hands on that book, Justice for All. I'll tell you why, because if you read it, it's going to help you when you uh, listen to my podcasts and commentaries this year, because I have a very, very strong uh, opinion that the crime wave that we are living through, uh, the crime epidemic of 2021 and 2022, uh, was completely created by the progressive policies that played themselves out on national television in 2020 and taught it to our criminal element, meaning the constant riots, the riots without a law enforcement intervention, the watching people stealing jewelry, liquor, um, bicycles, uh, anything they could put their hands on, and then to this a person, Giuliani, who's been in law enforcement all his life. First time I saw it, I jumped off. I jumped. I was jumping around my room, living room. The cops doing nothing. And it became a pattern night after night, city after city. People stealing hundreds of dollars worth of stuff, thousands, tens of thousands. Some of them went into the millions. And the cops just watching, recording it. Now, please. Not a criticism of the police. I started talking to them all over the country. Stopped by Democrat mayor this one, Democrat mayor that one, police chief Democrat this one, Democrat progressive that one, Democrat this one, Democrat that one, Democrat this one, Democrat that And then the Democrats were bailing the guys out of jail that did get arrested. The cops were getting their heads beaten in until they got a chance to stop it. You don't think when you let that happen, you don't encourage criminals all over the country to do the same thing? You don't think when we saw what happened in the Apple store about two weeks ago, when they walked in and just ripped the phones out, and the security guy told the people there, don't do anything, that we weren't watching something that was taught in 2020? Because I don't remember that when I was the mayor. I remember more crime, a lot more. I had to deal with a hell of a lot more crime than Adams does. And I did it a hell of a lot better. Like, I brought it down, he has it going up. But I didn't have to deal with that. 
because people hadn't seen that before. They hadn't been taught that before. They hadn't been taught that, and it hadn't been approved by things like President Harris bailing the people out. That's what Biden calls it, President Harris. Do you realize the impact that has? It teaches behavior. Not that the uh, silly, ideological, uh, egghead idiots on the left would understand what I'm talking about. All they want to do is put criminals on the street. Uh, <laughs> right now, you're undergoing uh, the crime wave you're undergoing, which is one of the worst that we've ever had nationally, not in New York, but nationally, because of Democrat policies and programs almost exclusively, and then as played out dramatically in 2020. Greg's a book, which takes it a look at it from the point of view of Black Lives Matter and how that's a hypocrisy for the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, really does focus on that, and it's really worth getting your hands on it early before it's going to be too hard to get. Uh, we'll be we'll be back uh, very very uh, shortly, and we'll we'll talk a little about the condition of that. I think he's become now uh, Demar Hamlin has become a national figure hero. Uh, we'll talk about him, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the. The race going on and then what's also f affecting our city. We'll be back in a minute. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani, and thank you very, very much uh, for uh, joining our, our show. And, uh, you know, there's a great deal of discussion about um, how complex homelessness is and um, how difficult it is. And uh, I dealt with homelessness, and it is not complex. They're pretty darn simple. If your brother were on the street and your mother called you up uh, tonight and said, uh, hey, uh, Mary or John, uh, our brother Ralph is on the street. He's been homeless for about three weeks, four weeks. Uh, what would you do? Would you go there and say, hey, let's build a nice little camp on the street? You know, we can plug into the, we can plug into the electricity here. Uh, you get electrocuted. You get electrocuted. Uh, you can go over in the corner there to urinate, and you can go over over there to defecate. Uh, you know, try not to do it right in the middle of the street. Um, and um, and here's a little food to you know keep you going. And uh, you know, see you next week. But you have a right to be on the street, and don't let anybody tell you you don't. Would you do that? Because that's what liberals do. That's what the city of Portland uh, 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 did. That's what the state of Oregon does, uh, run by uh, wacky, wacko liberals, like the wacky, wacko liberals who run New York with the homelessness you see around this city. Uh, <laughs> the state health authority, uh, which pushed very, very hard last year to decriminalize small amounts of uh, drugs, and you get only a fine uh, but not arrested, has now admitted after just uh, nine months that it was a terrible mistake. They have had a massive fatal overdoses. They have skyrocketed. Uh, they've gone almost doubled in uh, six months, and they expect it to triple. So they're just killing people like uh, crazy with the stupid policy of letting you use things that affect your brain. 
and by the way, encouraging you to do it, which is like uh, Mayor Adams, who's uh, going to encourage us to go to stores and buy uh, marijuana so the city can make money on it, as well as gamble. Uh, Mayor Ted Wheeler, who's totally useless, Adams looks like uh, LaGuardia compared to Ted Wheeler, uh, announced in October that he was going to ban camps. <laughs> what do you think? He'll announce next October he's going to ban camps. And he'll announce next October he's going to ban camps. This is like Biden securing the border. Remember, he's a Democrat. They lie to you. And they create social conditions that are outrageous. This woman, Wendy, uh, uh, who wants to get herself off the street, says that you can't if you don't have, uh, if you don't have, uh, you know, t- tough love policies. You can't change any. You can't change the situation for anybody. Uh, she had her dentures stolen from her, and she can't afford to get another pair of dentures, so she can't go interview for, for a job. And she's one of the people saying the drug situation, the minute they took away the criminal penalties, went through the roof, and the crime and the death just got out of control. Do the liberals listen to anyone on the street? Do they? Do they ever go on the street and talk to people? Do they have any sense of human connection, or is it all statistics from Harvard? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you, I got homelessness down dramatically in this city. I didn't hurt anybody doing it. I helped people doing it. And I did it by being tough on them in a loving way. The way I'd be tough on my brother, I don't have one, but the way I'd be tough on my brother, if he were on the street, I sure as hell wouldn't let him stay there. I'd I'd get him... I'd get them evaluated, and I'd get them to a doctor, or I'd get them to a hospital. They're all available. Or, darn it, they should be available. And uh, they're going to spend all this money like we do in New York. We spend more money in New York the entire state of Florida, and the New York State spends twice as much as the state of Florida, and we can't take care of homeless people better? Well, we'll be back uh, with uh, Dr. Maria. We're going to talk about the health of the nation. Huh. You'd be kind of surprised. We'll be back in a few minutes. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and thank you very much for joining us. We'll be getting to your calls in a moment. I want to bring you up to date. I have Dr. Maria with with me. I want to thank her for all the help that she gave us in analyzing the situation uh, regarding DeMar Hamlin. And I want to just tell you, uh, as far as we can tell, the bit that you can get out and what you see in the newspapers and the rumors, not that things are great or wonderful or terrific or he's out of the woods yet, but at least they're, they're going as well as can be expected. And I think that's an honest uh, appra- appraisal. So your prayers, maybe you're working. So keep doing it. Keep praying. I wonder, Dr. Maria, and I want to make sure we get to the calls, but I wonder, why can't we get together at least on fentanyl? I mean, why why can't we get Biden to cut off the fentanyl? All he's got to do is stand up to China and uh, start putting DEA agents on the border and stopping these guys. I mean, wait, wait. We're setting records. I've been involved in drug enforcement for 40 years. We've never killed as many people as now. How, how can Biden live with himself? I, you know, I've been asked that questions multiple times on our show, Uncovering the Truth. 
I don't get the end game. People say he wants all this um, illegal immigration for votes. The people will be so beholden that we that Biden opened a border and just let them come in. I, I don't know. It is sick. Our whole nation is sick right now when it comes to health. I just want to go over a few. Statistics. Yeah, please. These are important for people to know. Just talk about our life expectancy, and I'm talking pre-pandemic. We ranked, meaning the United States, 29th among the 38 member nations of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. U.S. life expectancy in the United States trailed Germany by 2.5 years, Canada by 3.2, and France by Four years. We have a lot of disparity within the United States, and some of that is our in our infant mortality, depending where you live. Hawaii has the best numbers. West Virginia for infant mortality, get this, Rudy, falls behind Mexico. So we have a, 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 a big issue with health overall in the United States. But when we look at overdoses, initially it all started with overdosing from heroin or opioids. Percocet was overprescribed, oxycodone overprescribed. They didn't, I, I don't believe it was nefarious. They didn't understand how quickly a human being becomes addicted to these drugs. And when they finally research caught up, and the drug companies weren't covering up the information, they realized, oh my God, I gotta stop prescribing these drugs I've been prescribing somebody for a long time. People went to the streets. It got too expensive to buy drugs on the street as far as opioids, so they went to heroin. At one point it was like $5, you know. And then we had the heroin epidemic. Now it is much different, it's almost Worse. They boost it with fentanyl. They boost it with fentanyl. That's extremely Which is a killer. deadly. In 2000, about 17,000 Americans, that's 62 per million, died from drug overdoses. This past year, we surpassed 100,000, and we're calling it fentanyl poisoning. We went from 17,000 yeah. to over 100,000. Yeah, that was in 2000. And, and, uh, from 2000 to 2020. Yep. By 2020, wow. the figure had risen more than fivefold to 92,000, and we all know we broke a record last not, last year for the most deaths due to fentanyl poisoning, more than COVID for this particular age group from 18 to 45, more than car accidents, the number one or shootings or shootings was fentanyl poisonings. Now it's very porous. <laughs> is a gentle way of saying we have open borders. So, and it is, Ron, you're right. A lot of these uh, ingredients come from China. They work with the cartels to push it into the United States. And um, nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care. And this, again, we fall behind all the other nations. It's just absolutely the death rates are highest in Appalachia. So Inste oh, go ahead. Instead of instead of all the bull that's going on in the House, McCarthy should pass a bill immediately. He should pass a bill that uh, completely deals comprehensively with fentanyl and get both and get both sides of the aisle to agree to it. I'd be happy to write it for him. I really would. I mean, we have got to deal with this. But let's get to some calls. Okay. So let's go to uh, Andrew and Stanhope. Hello? How's it going, Rudy? 
Okay, Rudy, Andrew, how are you? You did bring homeless down, and uh, I don't know if you saw the reference on the family guy they referred to you, they said, and Mayor Giuliani secretly had all the homeless people killed. Oh, <laughs> so my goodness. Yeah, right. You know, you right. know what he did? He yeah. had compassion for these people and wouldn't leave them on the streets to pee. And yeah, Mayor, Mayor Giuliani didn't let them uh, freeze to death yeah. uh, like uh, the ministers who leave them in front of their church but won't put them in the church because they may hurt the church. No, and you did it. You got them into the services, and that's why there was less and less homeless people. You got them compassionate care, the mental health care. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's ridiculous to think you're being compassionate by letting them live on the street. Uh, compassionate, like you would let your mother do that? Uh, the the liberals, Andrew, are sick, and they're getting to be mean. So let's go to Joe in Long Island. Hey, Mr. Mayor, Dr. Maria, uh, Happy New Year. Happy, happy New, New Year! Year. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? God bless. God bless you. You're the best. But uh, listen, MAGA doesn't want McCarthy. You look, it's all over Twitter. You do the polls, 2,000 people voting, 95% for Jordan, 5% for McCarthy. The question out there, and there's 50 million MAGA strong, these 20 are fighting for. Is McCarthy compromised by Wall Street? Is he another groomed rhino Republican? Is he another... Uh, McConnell, Romney, uh, Collins, Ryan. That's what the field Don't you trust Maga Jim Jordan? Don't you trust What's Jim that? Jordan? Do you trust Jim Absolutely. Jordan? Absolutely. That's why the Mag- well, Jim I like Jordan, McCarthy. Jim Jordan is, is for McCarthy. So I, you know, I know Jim really well. He's probably the guy I trust the most in the House. I realize that people have to take on different roles. So McCarthy's got to hold together a coalition that's not just all MAGA. Uh, and so I, I, I'll, I'll go with uh, Jim's advice, and that'll give Jim the freedom to do the investigations that only he can do. You know, if Jim were the speaker, I'd be very happy with Jim Jordan as the speaker. I'd be overjoyed with him as the speaker. But, you know, then again, I, I like to see Jim Jordan spend all his time uh, pr- uh, showing the American people what a criminal we have in the White House and how we just can't keep him there. Uh, this is this is outrageous for the United States, and only Jim really has the guts to do something like that. And I think McCarthy will let him do it. I could be wrong. I agree. I've had c- concerns about McCarthy, but because of Jordan, because a couple of the others that I really trust, and now President Trump, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go. It, se- it seems like it might be a good a good uh, division of responsibility. I have to say I'm loving this process. I heard what you said earlier, and I respect that. But I think it's healthy for the United States to see a debate that everybody in one party isn't the same. We all are unique. Like the Democrats, they all walk in step. They're like the Stepford wives. Well, that's it's kind of It's a little ridiculous. 212, 212, 218, 212, And they all say the same things, and then they give their talking points to the left-wing media. They say the same thing. The anti-Semitic squad yeah. beats the hell out of Israel, beats the hell out of the Jewish and no people, and Schumer, yeah, Schumer's yeah. fine with it and keeps them on committees. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish we had more debate about McConnell in the Senate. Now, that guy's compromised. Oh, now, McConnell's a real problem. Uh, McCarthy's not McConnell. And I think McCarthy is being hurt by McConnell. I agree with that. I think the the members of Congress who tend to be more, well, let's face it, they tend to be more dedicated as Republican uh, conservatives. I think they're outraged that, that McConnell got elected. 
um, for for a lot of reasons. Let's give uh, let's give um, let's give uh, Mike a a, a, a a shot. Hey, Mike. Oh, Mike is gone. Oh, Mikey, he eats everything. All right. Well, then we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Palo Alto, California, for Jay. Hey, Rudy, uh, thanks very much for taking the call. You're welcome. You know, you're one of the few people who are able to get through immediately to Donald Trump and uh, put some sense into Donald's head. And I think he needs to be told that if McCarthy goes down over this thing, he, uh, Trump, is going to go down right along with him. We had that conversation. <coughs> but tell, me why, tell me why you think that. I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'd just like to hear your rationale on it. We're talking about the leadership of the conservative movement in this country. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, regardless of the party, it's a conservative movement. Yes. And Donald Trump has one last opportunity, and this is it, and he must do it today, to show that he is in charge yeah. of the conservative movement in the you. United States of America. And he can do that by getting up and uh, getting these 21 people behind him and put some sense in their head. Do it publicly so that the entire country knows that he, Donald Trump, is ultimately in charge. And he is supporting uh, uh, McCarthy because he thinks uh, he can get McCarthy to do what needs to be done and to carry out his, Donald Trump's, policies, which are conservative in nature. Well, I think I think I think what what Jay is saying is he's got to do it rather than just a statement or he's got to he's. Basically, you should call, uh, call call them in or call them up or do a conference call with them. Uh, I mean, my, that would be my style. Uh, if these were my supporters, my people, and they are, I'd say, what the hell are you doing? Come That's on. right. We got enough. And I, I, I mean, honestly, I think they got enough out of McCarthy. I think, I'm going to tell you, I trust Jim Jordan with my life. If Jim Jordan tells me McCarthy's okay, I guarantee you McCarthy's okay. We got enough out of him. Uh, maybe we don't need a, a speaker that's 100, 1,000% very, very, very conservative. Maybe we need a speaker who's mostly conservative and conservative on the main issues. Remember, we got a Democratic uh, Senate and a Democratic president. Our basic job is blocking. We're not going to pass much. We're not, we're gonna, I mean, unless they're asleep, we're not going to pass anything. Unless we're asleep... We should be able to stop everything they want that will kill us, that will hurt us. I think McCarthy can do that job. And at the same time, that, little, that group of 20 that's there, along with Jordan, can rip the hell out of the Democrat Party and point out to the American people what they should have known before the election that was fraudulently kept from them that they elected a crook as president of the United States. But thank you. Thank you for the advice. What do you think, Maria? Yeah, you know, um, I, I agree. Donald Trump came out yesterday and said, you know, let's let's all hang together. I think this process is making some people feel uncomfortable. You know, the pundits are all saying, boy, the Republicans are chaotic. Again, I like this process, but I agree your style would have been to call the people and really find out what's holding them back. And yeah, a little bit. I agree with you. A little bit it was enough. Yeah. I think two days, fine. Yeah, yeah. now we're going on the sixth. But now we're, get it, we're, get, we're getting to the point where we look dysfunctional. Yeah. And here's what I know about politics. First impressions are extraordinarily important. 
When I when I first became mayor, I wanted my first two or three days to be really crisp, really solid, really tough, show a very hardworking guy who can get some things done, because I knew that would stick. That first three or four days sticks in your mind for a year. Mm, now, first point. first three or four days, you screw up. It takes you a year to overcome it. There was a mayor of New York named John Lindsay, and had an ill-fated mayoralty. First couple of first ten days, I believe, he had a subway strike. Oh. And he couldn't get it settled. Uh, Someday yeah. I'll tell you the reason why. Nobody ever told him how to settle it. Nobody told him the secret little deal that used to be done between the mayor and the head of the union because they wanted to screw him. And they did. So his first 10 days in office, articles, city is paralyzed, city is this, city oh, is that. Wow. He never overcame it. Yeah. I, I came into office and immediately, you know, 24-hour mayor, uh, immediately we do squeegees. Uh, uh, immediately people see the streets being cleaned up. We had a big snowstorm four days into office. Sanitation workers originally said they were going to strike. They didn't. They went to work for me. I was out there in the streets with them, cheering them on, tell, telling them they were like uh, the Marines. Uh, I got great credit for cleaning up. The, it was like two good weeks. I lived off that for a year. <laughs> I stopped working. I just lived off that for a year. You know, you are the greatest mayor of all oh, time. Well. Well, how, that, how can everybody who yells on you in the street who says that, whether they're Democrat, Republican, Independent, presidents, yeah, but, whether they're Democrat or Republican, well, say but the point here, you the, are the greatest we, mayor we gotta, of New York City? We've got to take a break, and we'll be back with the mayor's final thought. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Welcome back uh, to... Um Rudy Giuliani show on WABC and to the mayor's final thoughts brought to you by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org, the organization that cares for our real heroes, uh, the men and women in uniform who put their lives at risk for us, lose their lives. Tunnel to Towers make sure that their mortgages are paid off so their families can have a certain degree of security and then does more than that. And then also uh, for those who become catastrophically injured and helps build homes for them uh, uh, during the season of hope or during the holidays, it was one a day, and now they're continuing with that. So get your $11 a month into T2T.org, T, the number 2T.org, $11 per month. Just the way uh, you all helped support uh, Hamlin, Hamlin's uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful charity. Uh, Damar Hamlin's wonderful charity. Uh, I sent a, a little money in, and I hope you did. I hope you did too, uh, to make sure that those children that he cares about are taken care of. And really, I did it so that his mom would see how many people care about him. Uh, I know, you know, many people die and many people die per day and you, you wish you could concentrate on every single one. But then when one happens, you've got to use it symbolically. There's a really fine young man in reading and uh, reading about about him. 
his family loaded up in two cars in Pittsburgh and came and drove to Cincinnati to be there. Mom was there when it happened. And he, he's, he's in the past said uh, that what, what does he live for? His mom, his dad, and his brothers, and, and his family. And he only does what his mom and dad say. Well, that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't know if that's completely correct, but that's a pretty good start. And right now they got him flipped over on his stomach. Too bad Dr. Maria isn't here. She would tell you they're doing that because they're freezing his body to make sure his body doesn't exert itself. And also it helps with draining the blood from the lungs. Not that I understand that, but uh, just that I am assured because I checked that he is being taken care of 100% by the best people which is what I always wanted to do for my firefighters, which is why I went to the hospital with them all the time. Make sure, and every once in a while I threw a doctor out on the recommendation of my surgeons, not me, but on the recommendation of the police surgeon or the fire surgeon. And for Chasing M's Foundation, they've raised already $6 million, So that's, that's the one to think about. But, of course, Tunnel to Towers also 11 bucks per mo- month. And maybe we just give a little thought uh, to... That beautiful scene that made you cry at the football field when all those big, tough players, without being told, kneeled down and prayed to something greater than them, to God. You know, the God that the Democrats want to keep out of America. Hmm. Or the liberals, I should say, or the progressive, should I say that. They prayed to something greater than us. And there is something greater than us and more wonderful than us. It's what created us. And they were—they knew. Those players standing there knew they couldn't help. They knew it was in the hands of those experts with the, with the, uh, with the expertise to bring people back to life. When, when Dr. Maria said he was dead, it was sudden death, I said, oh, my goodness, it looks that way. And then she said, but now they're working on him. I said, well, if he's dead, she said, no, no, it, uh, sudden death is death. But now a fair number of times we bring people back after they have technically gotten sudden death. And that's what ha- happened with, uh, with him. Uh, it took two sho- massive shocks to do it. So he's back to life, hanging on. And I believe, I hope you do, that yes, of course, it's the great medical treatment, and God bless them, and the guys on the field. Those guys, I want to know who they are, because I want to get them presidential medals. But the doctors, too, and the nurses, they are literally fighting for his life. There's nothing more important you can be doing than fighting for life. This is Rudy Giuliani. Please, say a little prayer for him. Say a little prayer for us, for America. And then thank God that you're an American. You're so lucky, and so am I. God bless America.